Hello, and welcome to Everything Remade, a podcast that I hope is about growth as much as it is about music. I'm Sean Decker, and I'd like you to hear something. You're hearing Moksha by Newgrass and my pal Lucio Akendo doing, well, everything you hear. Moksha is off the album Scordatura Perforations, which is out now on Zegama Beach and the Ghost is Clear Records. There's a, um, a song called Show Don't Tell by Rush. My dad used to play it in his Buick Regal. It's a 1984 Buick Regal. And it's a really dynamic uh, beginning to the song. Uh, it's on side A of the tape. Um, I remember like the, the radio was like a silver color. And I think it had a Landau top, the, the, the Buick. It was like blue and maybe like white on top. I don't, I don't fully remember. Mm-hmm. But anyways, he used to crank the shit out of the song because it started with the real low tom section. And then all of a sudden the rest of the song comes in. So in anticipation, I'd cover my ears um, to like, because I knew like the, that super loud part was coming. I just didn't know when. And so in anticipation, you know, I'd shut my ears and wait, wait for the blow. And I'd be on the way to like preschool. Uh, um, trying to remember what the preschool is called. It was in like Tinley Park uh, in like the South Suburbs, um, but uh, maybe like the Sandbox or something. I don't remember. Uh-huh. But I do remember covering my ears for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's interesting. This is the second time that like I've um, today some um, someone's interjected with just like a random like rush. Uh, a bit of information like people were talking about their lyrics and 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 so oh, yeah yeah and called called them called their lyrics um objectivist and i i didn't know what to make of that but um yeah i don't know that's that's beside the point that's really interesting there's um yeah it's it's a uh, it's wild how how sensitive to sound younger people are like i definitely my youngest um is very sensitive to sound and uh at the same time 
uh, very loud, a very loud person, <laughs> and but yet sensitive to sound. And um, I, I guess you kind of turned out that same way as well. Um, <laughs> I mean, maybe, I don't know if I'm like sensitive to it or not, but it's certainly, I mean, most of my memories, like even as young as I can go are all musical. Uh-huh. Um, like there's a few times where I tried to like mount my bike backwards and I got my foot stuck in like between like the, uh, the pedal and the bike itself. Oh no. And like, you know, like just like fun, fun stuff like that. But I don't, <laughs> I <laughs> I um I don't know it, I I a lot of it's musical though like yeah. I I remember um I was told one time that um uh, well I I stepped into like this uh this beehive once while like I was like walking with my parents and the only thing that got me to stop crying was like a Janet Jackson song so like you know do you remember I'm, what song it, it was you know what I don't um and I don't know if I like trust their memory or not. Um, okay. But, but, but I, I'm assuming it's from like Rhythm Nation. Okay. <laughs> Something from Rhythm Nation. It'd be hilarious if it was like Nasty Boys, you know? Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. I, um, I think, uh, I'm, I'm not sure when that one came out, but, uh, I'm not either. Um, yeah. I have an uncle that's a huge Janet Jackson fan, but I am just a casual fan, you know, who knows the, the radio hits and stuff. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, for sure. Yeah. So you said your dad was always like uh, jamming music and stuff around the house, like, and that most of your earliest uh, memories are musical. So were you like from a very early age, you were like, uh, thought that this is something that you could like participate in as well? Did, did, was that like an ambition of yours from, from a young age? I don't know. I, I, um, I, I learned, um, I started learning guitar at four. My dad started teaching me. Oh, wow. Um, uh, he taught me E minor, uh, E minor and like a, a, like a bastardized G, like a one finger G. Um, and then I kind of, and A too. A was, in, uh, one of the early chords too. Okay. So like anything where you could kind of put one finger in a certain place and then yeah, like move them around and, you know, make some melodies. Totally. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you start like what? Yeah. You say four years old and you're, you know, getting, getting your hands on, on a guitar. What kind of guitar was it? Was it like a kid's guitar or short scale or? I don't know if I, okay. So like, um, I still have it. My dad has a, a Yamaha or it's mine now. Uh, it's a Yamaha FG. I don't remember. It's a, it's like, it's a plywood guitar pretty much. It's not even like real wood, but it sounds huge. And it's like the Elliot Smith sounding like so deep. It's almost, it almost sounds like it's a, um, like in the key of D instead of E oh, standard. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and, That's wild. And, and I know I had my own because it started set. Uh, it was like a junior size, like a three quarter, mm-hmm. uh, but it started, uh, it started separating it. And for some reason I play guitar like shirtless all the time. And I used to pinch like my, my belly all that, or like my arm or something. I used to pinch something. Oh, I don't dang, remember what it would pinch. Sheets like the of guitar. Wood, like, yeah. Were, oh yeah. Yeah. Like, like the top was like separating from the, the yeah. top was separating from the sides. Oh dang. Um, and then we glued it and whatnot, but I might've learned those first chords on the Yamaha, but I, I'm not sure how that would have been possible if like the action was nasty until yeah. like recently. <laughs> so and it's nasty again. So like carpal tunnel nasty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, 
I don't know. You know, the only thing that the only thing you could say about that though is that would have been like a super exercise in like hand strength for sure. Just like yeah, no, you got to keep trying until you can really get that on. You know, get get that down and uh, sure, yeah. yeah. And and like uh, I used to like um, wash my hands like crazy. Like that would be the only thing to get it to like stop hurting. But I kept oh. wanting to do it because, like, then, like, I I found out, like, um, uh, this is probably a, a little bit later, uh, but I, I lived in a college dorm at the time, so I'm trying to get my years right, and I, I moved in, like, 97 to another dorm, so I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to place all the time things, but I remember learning, like, just, like, a, a bad version of, like, um, Free Falling by Tom Petty, like, the... Um, I don't even know what the real chords are, but I, I played like a, a D and a G, okay. uh, and then maybe an A after that. Um, and just picking that up, you know, and just being like, look what I can do. And I was listening to the radio all the time on, uh, like 97, nine, the loop, uh, which is like classic rock radio. And mm-hmm. so I'd like tape, tape stuff on my tape recorder and stuff. So I had a little stereo with, you know, a couple CDs. Yeah. So, yeah. so, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. So I, yeah. I thought you were going to say you, you, you washed your hands all the time because of the smell from like oh, that, that, the pain. that rusty, <laughs> like string smell that you can get on your hands when you like, uh, you know, are playing so long, you like sweat and your fingers start getting that like, um, a really a gross abrasive like yep. feeling on them and yeah totally yeah I you know I didn't I didn't mean to go on like a crazy rant I'm a little nervous <laughs> I've never been interviewed before so I'm a little nervous and no, I'm a little excitable this uh, uh, whole thing is is just like rant city that's yeah for sure we just I just like to you know have a a conversation like a lot of people um, you know. A lot of people have really great origin stories and and everything, but uh, also at the same time, I feel like that's what so many interviews and you know podcasts and stuff want to focus on. And I want to just like you know get to know weird things just, about people, you know. Yeah, just just talk a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. I yeah, understand. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for uh, bearing with me. Oh no worries. Um, yeah. So yeah, you were you're playing music from a really early age. Um, what other kind of interests did you have when you were younger, other than music? Like, was there something that you were like, "I'm gonna be this when I grow up"? Or I said I was gonna be like an astronaut when I was four. Okay. But I, and uh, you know, I uh, I have a kind of a thing for cars, and so I I remember um, wanting to like I I told people that I wanted to be like a car designer, but I. I couldn't do the 3d thing. I could only do like side profiles. And mm-hmm. so like I said, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, but by that time, you know, I was, I, you know, music's been like a constant, I dabbled in a bunch of other stuff, but like, uh, like my parents like tried me out in like soccer and T-ball and stuff. And I, I you know, it didn't really stick. Oh, and piano lessons too. I, I hated those. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, I couldn't do it. They gave me a drum set too at one point too, and I I destroyed them the first day. So, like pl- like pl- playing them too hard or y- yeah, there's a there's a drum riff from a Rush song called Body Electric. Okay, uh, it's from uh, 1984's Grace Under Pressure, and it, it's like it's just like a big tom, like flam snare 
thingamajig. Okay. Um, I didn't, I didn't know what it was at the time. I know now because I, you know, but anyways, I played that like as hard as I could in my bedroom and I just smashed through the toy, the toy toms. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> like the, as soon as I got it. I thought you were going to like say, you know, some, you were doing like the rock star on a stage thing and just like jump through them or, you know, I don't know. Oh no, I didn't jump through them. I was playing a riff, but, and I was oh. trying to be Neil Peart and I, I, yeah. I just ruined the set. It's probably a good thing they didn't, I didn't become a drummer, but you know, I tried yeah. uh, multiple times over my life. So <laughs> yeah. See my, my kids would be on the, you know, they would be on the other end. They'd be ready to like, do the performance aspect before like oh, yeah. <laughs> you know sitting down and figuring out the riffs and stuff like yeah. yeah but um yeah that's really that's really interesting so like you um you always sort of picked out like these these intricate rhythms and stuff were like part of like your you know musical formation like like noticing these um like uh drum rhythms and stuff but playing the actual drums didn't end up you know really like being for you i mean it probably would have but like uh like i said i was living in like a college dorm and almost like like it was like a cinder block walls kind of like a prison oh right (laughs) so like i I don't know it probably wouldn't apply and and you know there's like kids like studying and shit next door so i i don't think it would have been a good idea if i kept doing it at least with like an acoustic guitar you know i can either go in the house or like go in the study or go outside or something and just jam you know yeah yeah so and you know, this is like like before i was like eight this is a uh, in um pillows heights um between the ages of like four and eight yeah maybe three and eight but i think four and eight so like you mentioned, you know, some like classic rock uh, stuff that you were sort of like, you know, this was like part of your like formation of like your musical history. But um, when did you start getting to like heavier stuff? Like, you know, I, th- I think a lot of people rightly compare what you've done in Newgrass to um, like Capsule. So when did you start <laughs> getting into stuff like that? Um, well, it started uh, it, when I was like... Uh... Well, so I, there's a station that was an alternative rock station, but it was actually pretty tame now that I think about it. Like, my memory only has some parts um, of the songs, but, like, uh, the station called Q101, it was, like, alternative rock. They played all the – oh, you know what? Now that I think about it, I'm sorry. My dad had uh, Nirvana's, Nirvana's Nevermind and all the grunge stuff uh, from, like, back in the day by, like, 94, 95. I was listening to, like, Siamese Dream and shit. Mm-hmm. Um because my dad's pretty young or my parents are both really young. Mm-hmm. So, um, they were of the eight of that age, um, you know, early nineties alternative or whatever was on the radio. They weren't super deep or anything, but like into like the scenes or anything. And that, uh, morphed into like, um, uh, I guess new metal. I, I, I moved to, uh, this place called, uh, Indiana, Pennsylvania, Okay. And and I remember going to like one of like the like a Coney Island, maybe it was Coney Island, either in Ohio or like, I don't know, it's somewhere in Western Pennsylvania. But I was at some theme park and I heard um, like Corn's Got the Life uh, during like a magic show. And some kid with like spiky hair was like, oh, man, you know, it's got the <laughs> life. 
And also that same year, I also got a Vans off the wall sampler from like the back to school because my mom was getting her master's at the school. So uh, I think they were setting up either in like the union or maybe a mall or something. And they were just like doling out sampler CDs. And that I still listen. I, there's like a Spotify playlist and I still listen to that shit. <laughs> that was like that was like 98. That was about the same time as like got the life. So I got that. And then I don't know. Um, and then after that was like Deftones in like 2000. I heard uh, a digital bath um, and tool. I uh, the local station um, in Macomb, Illinois, where I went to. I move around a lot. I'm sorry, man. I I. I moved to Macomb in like 2000 and um, the guy at that local radio station told me to stop requesting enema by tool. <laughs> uh, I got in trouble for um, doing a karaoke of closer from nine inch nails in like choir camp that same year, like seventh or eighth grade. Oh, you just, uh, <laughs> you went all the way there. And then... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I wasn't allowed to wear like the Jinko jeans or anything, but I certainly would have, if you would have get, or like wear soaps or some shit, if you would have given me the chance, you know? Yeah. Um, I think I had a pair of airwalks at some point, but I, you know, that that's as far as I went in, into any of that shit. But <laughs> yeah, I'm really like after, after like, um, having kids, I'm really glad that they don't make like soaps anymore. Cause <laughs> I don't <laughs> Like, especially right now, I don't need to be taking people to the emergency room or yeah, whatever. Yeah, for sure. Like, like yeah. I don't know. My kids, like, I don't I, I We just moved into this place, and there's um, there's a – basically, the, 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 there's woods for a backyard. And, oh, awesome. Um, yeah, it's really cool. It's really nice. Like, uh, you know, we just moved here, like, right – you know, at the end of fall or whatever. I mean, I don't know what you would call this uh, season that we're experiencing right now. I mean, it's, sure, yeah. it's 68 degrees in Indiana on December Yeah, it's, it's 70 here. So, yeah, yeah. I, we have um, a storm coming our way too. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, but it's like, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, like, when we first moved here, there were still leaves on the trees. It's, like, beautiful. You couldn't see you couldn't see anything back there. It was like we were the only people here, you know. And, yeah. Um, and... Now that there's no leaves and my children are going out into this, into these little woods and you can see them and they're tr really trying hard to get in these trees and, uh, mm. and they're walking across these like trees that had fallen down. And when you said soaps, I was just like, oh my God, <laughs> they'd be out there like trying to bust rails on these, you know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. No, the, the woods got to be a, a freeing place to, to explore if it's behind your house. And that's incredible. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, are they enjoying it? Yeah, for sure. Um, there was like a tree that fell on this like, um, makeshift um, pigeon coop that the previous owners had back there and oh, so right I had to clean uh, up this area a lot I had spent like a week uh, with a chainsaw out there getting this down tree out of the way and tearing this like all this chicken wire and stuff out of the ground oh, sure. it was yeah. it was wild but um wow yeah it, um, it was interesting though uh, yeah but uh, I mean like you know I found out that I can use a chainsaw, so there's that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's got to be good for your kids too, because they can they can figure out like limits and whatnot earlier on than when they're older and they've never seen a tree before and they want to climb it, you know. 
Yeah, I mean, I hope so. <laughs> I hope uh, the, the the youngest one doesn't doesn't know limits very much no. at the moment, which is <laughs> not yet. Yeah, it's fun, but it's terrifying. As, as I bet I can't imagine. said you moved around a lot like um do you mean you moved around a lot like as a kid or like since you know since moving out or like kind of both uh all the above yeah i moved around a lot uh different schools i was homeschooled for two years i went to a private school i went to public school um i uh when i moved to macomb illinois where i went to like junior high and high school in like 2000 uh, that was like the most, like I stayed in that school system until I graduated high school. Then I got the fuck out of Dodge. Yeah. And then <laughs> went, to Chicago, went back to Chicago. So <laughs> as soon as I could. Yeah. So yeah. I guess like having a musical outlet or an interest in music, especially was like really comforting because you, you weren't anywhere long enough to like completely like get a handle on things sometimes. I mean, it was okay. I mean, I think I did okay. Okay. I mean, I I don't know if I did like amazingly, but, um, you know, I, I, my, um, mom, I got my first computer and dial up internet in 2000, uh, in like my sixth grade year. Uh And, uh, that also came with a MIDI program called Voyage Orchestrator. I think it was called something else, but I don't remember which one came first, but it's a void. It's like a general MIDI program and then it also had a um a ford uh, like a ford trackability um okay ford trackability uh to record like sound so you were just into that like right away 
in, in getting involved into like self-recording and stuff? Yeah. I mean, I started writing songs already, uh, at that point and like, um, and trying to, and you know, like, you know, I guess when you start hitting that age, I guess like some dark times do like wind up kind of happening. So I was, you know, doing my best to, uh, express myself, uh, as best as I could. And, and, um, you know, the, the computer was so like, it was like a 20 gigabyte windows ME Dell or something like that. So a lot of the times if you loaded it with too many effects, it wouldn't, it wouldn't work right. <laughs> yeah. Mine does that uh, the, now. <laughs> well, I, mine does too. Well, mine's yeah. a 10 year old computer. I think it's yeah, the investment too. was a little bit better than the, the six months that I had it and I completely destroyed it, you know? Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, that, that was, that was like the beginning of like all the MIDI drumming and stuff. And then I started ripping like, um, MIDI's from the internet. Cause there was like a underground community of people who would make like MIDI versions of popular songs. Okay. So like, um, this is later on, but, uh, like try again by Aaliyah. Uh, I know I had a MIDI version of, I had like watcher in the skies by Genesis, um, which uh, is like a Peter Gabriel era. It's not popular pop song. Oh, I know. It's oh, like, I, yeah, I know. Okay, that cool. Era. Yeah, that's good. Okay, stuff. so it's it's from like Foxtrot, but uh, I ripped a bunch of Rush songs, and so I tore those fuckers apart. And like, you know, that's when I started figuring out like all the time signatures and shit. Uh, you know, and that was like probably between like 2000 and 2002, 2003. And I was already writing music and stuff. It's awful, but like, you know. As you know, as it should be for a twelve-year-old, <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> but I, I made like a hour-long song about the um, the Kool-Aid. Um, uh, what the fuck is that guy's name? Um, Just like the Kool-Aid Man. No, the the Revan that killed oh, a bunch of people oh. in South America. Oh, that dude. right. But I made an hour-long song about him, and I was like, you know, Mister like Dark Guy, and, yeah. <laughs> and so. Uh, I don't remember. That was like seventh grade or O two or something. Ridiculous shit. And so I make it on tape and I just stole it out to like my classmates and stuff. So how are you making? How are you doing <laughs> stuff on the computer and transferring it to cassette tape at that time? Oh, good call. Because they, yeah, you're right. Because I couldn't export. You're absolutely correct. I uh, there's a local Radio Shack at like the square in my town. Uh, I bought a, a cassette deck there and had a built-in preamp and um i used to just dub on the tape deck but then later i turned it into a microphone preamp for uh the same program but you know when i was older so i got a little more creative with quality sound and whatnot that's really cool <laughs> and i did I, and then uh my senior year in high school i was still using all the same shit um and my mom um for like a graduation present i got um uh cable internet and um um and uh macbook pro uh and that that was after like i wound up uh getting accepted to columbia college chicago mm -hmm. um and so it was kind of like a send-off like here you go and um and uh i i recorded with GarageBand with that same microphone preamp so or tape deck it fried when i was in college like it started smoking in my first apartment <laughs> uh, so, uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's fine it's good memories though radio shack's no longer with us so it you know it's nice to have that memory to have yeah. a, such a cool place with all that cool shit in there <laughs> yeah i had um a cassette deck that we would just uh 
like it, it had a mic input and this was before I had four track and um, mm. we would just find the magic spot in the room where like, you know, the, it sounded the best where you put the mic and we'd record live that way. And it's like yeah. wild. I still have some of these tapes and I'm like, some of the shit I've done in Reaper doesn't sound this good. <laughs> like, well, <laughs> yeah, for but, sure. But we would really like, I remember we would really fucking dial it in. We would move this thing like less than six inches at a time until we were like oh, wow. happy, you know? And um, yeah. Yeah, bef- when we moved over here, I, I finally, I finally, um, I put that uh, tape deck out on a, a, a table out in front of my house. Like I, I was just like leaving stuff with the signs that said free, and somebody in. Oh up yeah. Ta- I, I, you know, I'm, I'm really like, I'm honestly like such a so dramatic like i'm (laughs) totally such a dramatic person that i really was like i really was like it's time for me to say goodbye to this you know i'm the same way i'm with you i've done the same thing to many things so i mean we we were in that house since like 1999 and that's how we were doing like demos in 1999 on this cassette deck and i'm and i'm leaving that house and i was like it's time for like this it's time for me to say goodbye to this. I'm saying goodbye to this place. It's time for me to say goodbye to this. And I was way, I was just like way, you know, way diva about it. And, you know, I put it oh, out sure. there, you know, and. Um, I don't blame you though. I, I'm, I'm really precious about a lot of, a lot of shit. I mean, maybe because I move, but like, you know, sending it off, it's like a, I don't know, like a heartfelt, like, I don't know. I, I, and I can't imagine all the memories you have in that, yeah. in that first house. I, yeah. That's, it's, you know, sending that off and saying goodbye must must be really, really tough. Yeah, it w- it was. You know, and at the same time, it's like when you you know if you're if you're like that as well, like you said, then sometimes you're looking at this thing and you're like, but I literally haven't touched this in like since 1999. You know? <laughs> so, yeah, for sure. And what if somebody else gets? What if this makes somebody else happy for some reason? You know, absolutely. Then that's, that's the. That's a good way to, to look at it. I, um, you know, at, at, at least you can kind of talk yourself off the ledge instead of uh, carry it with you. Yeah. You know, broke. Sure. I, I carry stuff with me that's broken. So, you know, and I'm like, I'm going to get that fixed one day. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so. yeah. And I mean, that's the other thing is that there's when you live somewhere 22 years and you have a family and you, and like you have hobbies that involve collecting things sometimes. Yeah. You're just like. I can't bring all of it. Like, come on. Yeah. You know? So no, I understand. It it's definitely wild. part of it. And it was, and still I ended up with all this stuff. Like, like, why did I bring this? Like, why did I carry this? Like into the truck and, you know, like, I mean, I'm still unpacking stuff like, Oh, I thought I put that out on the, you know, on the, oh, on the sure. thing, but I guess I didn't, but, uh, yeah. Um, that's wild. No, I, no, I understand completely. It, it is wild. So, so I'm glad you let it go. Yeah, I mean, you know, for was, someone else to enjoy. It was time for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So you said that, like, you know, initially you were literally just like chopping up songs and pasting them to <laughs> like drum drum songs and pasting yeah. them together, but eventually, I, uh, I'm assuming, you know, like with uh, programs like. 
easy drummer and you know everything else everything else like that like how similar to to what you do now is like uh how similar to how you started is what you do now or is it like it's not it's the exact it's, same thing just better samples yeah 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 i mean straight like uh 20 there was a weird switch over like where everything like it hit it went down like a hammer like 2012 maybe or 2013 okay it was like all of a sudden um all of a sudden like a two-track uh interface was um like you can get it for 100 bucks no problem oh, yeah for sure you, you didn't have to wait for like the what was it the ah, fucking the avid or it's the, the pro tools rig whatever the pro tools rig was uh-huh. uh from back in the day like i that was um, you couldn't get that. You couldn't ask that shit for Christmas. Uh, you'd have to save up for. I mean, it was it was expensive. So, uh-huh. um, twelve or thirteen, it was. Uh, I don't know what happened. Just everything just went down, and uh, all of a sudden the quality got better. And I pretty much had the same rig since. Uh, Logic and Easy Drummer. Um, that was it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're really like yeah, you're absolutely right about that. Like that general era because like in 2010 is when I got my stuff put together and um we got a an eight channel fire pod from someone yeah. for $150 yeah. and oh my god that yeah, was $600 yeah, yeah at that time they, they were they really were yeah. and and um and like I was like to the to the guy I was like are you sure this is cool I was like I'd give you more, but we really don't have more, you know? And he was like, it's totally cool. I like, and if you didn't, if you didn't buy it for this price, somebody would. So don't feel bad about it. But yeah. I, I still, I felt kind of bad, you know, cause like you said, you know, um, they were still expensive and, um, I had, that. I knew people who had them too. I, by the way, I just, I didn't have them. Yeah. 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 We had, and I had that same one for like, uh, eight years before, um, like I could probably still fix it, but I had to order this like very specific, um, thing, uh, from, from like a computer, you know, site mm-hmm. or something. Um, but, um, I had a recording session like coming up with a friend of mine that was flying from California. So it's more than two years ago, ago, but wait. Uh, no, I did have it for like eight years because now I've had this stuff for 12 years. But anyway, so like my friend was flying from California and I'm like, I got to have one. I got to have something I can record with. Like, yeah, for um, sure. And I can't I can't seem to fix this right now. And I started looking for them at that time. And this is like, like you said, you know, um, after that, like window when focused right started coming out with everything and all that and yeah i yep. found the same fire pod for like 120 dollars on <sighs> ebay so like um and yeah and actually they don't even make like the drivers for them anymore and stuff so you uh, just, well, they, they fry too don't they like they they um, go bad i i fried one personally yeah i think but the, i only know one <laughs> i think the thing is uh more than anything what happens is the um the power uh, switch in the back like um fries so oh, yeah what i do is i just unplug the um adapter 
instead of flip, oh, for sure. flipping the switch. Cause it's like, it's just the connector on the switch that usually goes bad. So I just mm. unplug the adapter from the unit and that seems to uh, be, you know, like it's, it's the, it's the same thing essentially. And it doesn't totally. uh, risk you burning. The, now I'll have like some electricians saying like, Oh, that's terrible. But, um, I don't know. It's, it's with these things, it seems like you, you, maybe that's a better way to do it. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I didn't mean to talk bad about pre-sonus oh, no. in case they're listening. Uh, the, <laughs> Please I've had the same audio box USB since 2013. I bought it when I moved out of Chicago. Um, and, and I've had the same one since. Um, I didn't use it for this most recent recording, like the side A, but I've used it for every demo I've ever done since 2013. I mean, um, if they were listening, I'd say, you know, make like make a update the driver for the Firepod, you know? <laughs> yeah, um, for sure. Because, yeah, you just have to find like, you just have to find the closest driver like to it and, yeah. and use that. And then basically... It, it works fine, but it'll tell you every time you turn it on, it'll tell you this might not work fine yeah, because the sure. driver's not right, you know? So, yeah, totally, know. totally. But, um, yeah, so, like, um, <clears throat> as far as, like, the actual, um, like, putting the song together, though, now you're, I'm assuming you're constructing your drum parts, like, whole cloth not yeah uh, i mean i yeah, i've done yeah. it since uh oh two i think was the first time i i did my own drums yeah um and i didn't have a bass guitar but i used like the midi bass guitar like this general midi this is not like so i don't know if if like there's a sound clip or something that of like that shitty fucking snare that that general midi had <laughs> but there's like a like you'll hear it in like a tim and eric uh sketch uh, like I've, I've picked it out before. I'm like, Oh, that's general midi. I know what the sound is. <laughs> I'd start losing my mind and my wife thinks I'm insane. But, <laughs> but, um, yeah. And then I, I also, I, um, I got like, I like, um, swore against like most heavy music for like some, some years in my teenage years, I guess I discovered like, a bunch of other shit. And, and so anyway, so I was really inspired by Shushu. Um, and so I got Fruity Loops at some point and I couldn't even play back the music that I was making because my computer couldn't handle it. But I would just bounce that shit to MP3 and I I would be, uh, I'd bounce it to MP3 and then I would just guess to see what it sounds like. And a lot of times it was noisy. I was making a ton of drum beats as you would in Fruity Loops. Um, bunch of stuff like that so like i had that phase too like an electronic an electronic phase <laughs> yeah that's awesome though i mean i think yeah it it, it 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 provides like a perspective you know no matter like whether you got good at it or or what like it's it informs like how you can do other things you know oh totally and i was in bands and stuff by then so kind of a lot of people in my little town kind of knew what i was up to
so as far as um, new grass goes, like there was a pre- there was a band that was kind of precursor to this, mm-hmm. right? And, yeah. Um, I'm I'm drawing a blank. What was the name? No, it's cool. Of the band, it's called Guillaume. Right, right. And yeah, it's like was... the fast forward and the rewind signs on uh, like a remote control. Right. And yeah, and, and um, you were in that project with um Aaron from who's in Massanera now. Um, yeah. Other than you and Aaron, who who was involved in that, and like, um, <laughs> what um, was it just like when that band ended, and then you started doing this other stuff? Was it just like because it's hard to put people together, or did you? Um. Go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean like, to say what that. Was, I what's the? No, it's it's totally fine. So, what's the? Um, are there like hard, definitive reasons for going from a full band project like that? Which, I mean, uh, it wasn't too dissimilar from what you're doing now. Although I no, I, you know, I just moved away. Really, is right. all I did, and that that screwed the band mm-hmm. over. And so the band the band ended. Right. Uh, we tried we tried to do something. Uh, um, I right before I left, I made a shitload of recordings with our drummer and our singer um, that we didn't. Well, now we've done something with. It's um, the only thing that came out of that session was um, Casket, uh, which is uh, on this new record. It's only one with real drums. Um, uh, it's like track eight, I think. Okay. Uh, but. Uh, that was it. And then I had a bunch of little riffs that I was building for GMA. And then I moved away kind of abruptly, uh, like grown up life kind of settled in and I started freaking out. So I, I moved, I moved to Kansas city. <laughs> so, and I don't know, it's just like a whole shitload of reality setting. And, and I was under some notion that I had to find like a grown up job and like, you know, losing my marbles that way. Cause I, you know, when you're, when you realize like you're going to sink an amount of debt, you, you get up and get off your ass and you start yeah. doing something. It might not be the right thing, but you, you're doing something. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so Kansas city was an easy place to survive versus Chicago. And I don't know, you know, my wife's from Omaha. So we kind of were like, this place is a great place. We should move here without, you know, and then we, we just survived there for a little bit until we moved to the next city and, and so that's what ended GMA. Um, I, and it, you know, it sucks cause, but they're all my friends. So if, if it makes any sense, um, GMA, I still keep in contact with any of them. There's no like hard feelings or anything. It was just yeah, the way it is. I, I mean, ending a band because you moved is like the least dramatic way. I think a band I've ever been in has ended. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> well, always... like I, I, you know, I, I'm grossly ambitious like most of the time. So I like, I sold all these guys or all these, all these, all these people that, um, I sold, I sold it to them. Cause I was like, I'm going to record an electrical audio. That's my goal, uh, with Albina behind the desk. And so I was like making these like ridiculous claims that are, you know, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing or knew how much a rec- like a record like that would cost. Uh, <laughs> and they, they were cool with it regardless of my, my dumb shit. So yeah. And you know they're patient with me too. That, um, that had um, Dylan Piscula in it from um, from Paramedics. Uh, he's in a band called Bruges uh, and another band called Den. He actually recorded uh, the the Ido LP. Oh, awesome! Um, um, I 
I screw up the fucking, I screw up the, the name of the recording studio that it was recorded at, but, um, uh, paramedics shared drummers with, um, uh, with, uh, Ido, with Nandi, Ogabanaya. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. And so then, so that was Dylan. He was playing bass. Aaron, uh, Santillan, uh, played, um, guitar with me and uh, we were in like the same major. So we were, we took a bunch of classes together and stuff and really, really connected um, musically for sure. And then um, I um, had, um, there's Seth Engel on drums. He's in a gazillion things and records a bunch of shit. Uh, like, like I want to do him a major disservice. Probably. I probably did Dylan a disservice to and Aaron and I'm yeah, but um, Seth, uh, he, his solo project is called options. Um, uh, what else did that kid do? He was in a band called Lifted Bells, um, okay. uh, with, with, uh, Matt Frank, um, who was also like a, a temporary member of paramedics, I think. Um, and I, I met Seth, um, he was wearing a make believe t-shirt. Um, and I walked by him and I was like, yo, cool shirt. And then we found out like we'd been in contact in like a Joan of Arc forum too, which like 10 people, um, seem to belong to. And I've like met a bunch of them. Uh, just out of, I don't know, fate, I guess. Yeah. That's <laughs> he, was, he was one of them. <laughs> yeah. Really, I mean, really crazy shit. And then, um, Brian, um, uh, what is, yeah. And then Brian, uh, is in, a uh, like a positive degent band called, um, um, harmless. Uh, and then he's in another band called you folk and, um, you folk yeah, is, um, so. is isn't, it uh isn't um oh i think i know someone in that band but i, I yeah it, it's um i bet you're right and oh, i'm screwing it. this up What's i'm so sorry yeah <laughs> i'm trying to remember uh um their old their old band's name like the person is it yusuki uh it could be. Is someone from, from Yusuke in that as well? See, thank you for correcting me too. I apologize. Um, oh, I, I don't just... know. I'm, I'm getting lost in the weeds, but I know, I think one of the members of you folk have something to do with a GMA reunion that almost happened, but COVID happened instead. Yeah. That's um, wild. Yeah. And I... then, and Brian's been in a bunch of other Screamo projects too. Yeah. So. Also lifted bells. I feel like someone I, know that wasn't the couple people you mentioned was in that band but now i'm you know it's like the guy from braid the guy from um bob nana's oh okay it, well there but you i go. didn't want to be yeah. a dick because I, I i don't know him i've never met him before and i wanted to make sure it's people that i've at least met and yeah yeah so i'm you know thank you right no it's, it's fine <laughs> i um yeah, I don't. Uh, my band in high school played with Braid back in like, yeah. 1994 or something, you know, and uh, and uh, 94. Yeah, like you know, like I said, it was like my band in high school. We were on tour and we played in in New Orleans with Braid and and uh, um and and um then uh, Comer Regalia played a couple years ago with at a two piece fest in Chicago with, um, one of Bob's bands. And, and, uh, I was like, you probably don't remember this, but, and, um, 
I told a sort a, a sort of embarrassing story, and he in fact did remember. And, <laughs> and it was. Uh, I don't know if that's a good sign, was, John. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's a. Uh, I, it, it's funny. the story's not that embarrassing or I wouldn't have told it, you know, but it, yeah, yeah, it's no, mildly totally. embarrassing. And, and uh, yeah. so it was, it was a, a, a nice little chat for a second, but um, yeah. Um, yeah. That's really cool. Um, but then, you know, once you moved and, and, you know, you had, like you said, you built all these riffs and you were just like, all right, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get it done. And then, um, it seems like the, the side A of the record, um, that, that was the, the one that was previously released, right? Or, or am no, I? No, no, side A actually, okay, I, I just recorded. I'm getting it backwards then. So no, it's, it's all right. it seems like the side B is probably four or five years old at this point. It's probably older. I released oh, okay. it in se- September 2015. Okay. And then, um, like... I sat on these riffs for ages. I started writing them in 2012, 2013, and okay. then I took a year off of music. And then t- uh, 2014, I got back on the music train. And then the I finally made songs out of um, fake... Which turned into fake drums. That was in Kansas City. Okay. Um, and so that... And, um, some of those riffs came from Chicago. Then the other riffs I, I'd written like a year before. I like Kyle of all my riffs. And then I try to figure out what to do with them. And sometimes they're full songs. Sometimes they're, you know, 10 seconds long. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of figure out how to piece it together and make it sound good. Right. So um, that was 2015 though. And in 2017, my computer crashed. So the follow-up never happened and I gave up. And then I stopped making heavy music for a bit. <laughs> okay. And what made yeah. you like to where you're just like, okay, it's time to get back in the game and, and do this new thing. It was uh, Dave and Bobby. Oh, they um, actually were just, they, just lit they the could, fire they, under you? They commissioned it. Um, what happened was um, – I know Bobby because I saw Ido in his basement. That was the only time I saw Ido. Can you imagine what an idiot I feel? There's two bands that I have major regrets for um, not seeing when I lived in Chicago because they were like my favorite in the fucking planet. Um, actually, one of them it took me a minute, though, to realize what I'd done. But uh, one of them was Ido. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I knew all the guys in Ido or all the, all the folks in Ido, and I had never seen them in concert, and I hated myself for it. And then when they went on tour, they – went to uh, Bobby. Bobby is um, the Ghost is Clear Records mm-hmm. out of Kansas City. Um, and uh, they played in his basement. And so I saw them there. And then the other band I regret not seeing because I'm an idiot is Lord Snow. Oh, yeah. I uh, When Solitude came out, I like lost my shit. I couldn't <laughs> believe what was happening. And I like hated myself like for ages. <laughs> I saw one of the members like other bands open up for Capsule uh the new yorker maybe it was, i don't remember which okay. which band it was but um i think uh the the members uh nico yeah but nico i like the new yorker uh-huh. okay i i lost my marbles when i heard solitude i i bought it and like i was i don't know i was tripping all by myself in kansas city so i hooked up with bobby because you know i i tried to get um more more folks to look into fake drums and um he liked it and he believed in me but you know i how many people come to you, you know, looking for records, you know, to get put out, you know, um, I, I can't imagine what that's like. So me and Bobby have stayed in touch, uh, off and on throughout those years. I was like 2013 or 2014 when I met him. 
And so anyways, Bobby, I take breaks on social media and shit. And Bobby hit me up on like Instagram or something. And I got a, like a whim and out of like COVID boredom, uh, to check my, uh, Instagram. And he's like, yo, the guy from Zegama beach is trying to get a hold of you. I'm trying to get you in touch. Where are you at? What are you doing? And so I was like, Oh my God. And it was like two days or something. I think that, or maybe one day that he, um, that, you know, he, he reached out to me and I checked. So it was kind of like, uh, I don't know. It's a coincidence. Yeah. Um, that that happened. And so then I got in touch with Dave and he was like, Hey, I want to, um, uh, Ruben, um, showed me fake drums and I had listened to it straight for a year. Um, can we do something with it? And I was like, totally. And I was like, just so you know, um, the follow-up to that I gave up on and I don't have a job and I don't have shit to do. And I'll, um, I just wrote like an album's worth of material. I'm super, I'm more practiced than I've ever been in my entire life. I could probably tackle that shit. And he's like, all right. And I was like, give me two weeks. And then like three months later, I, I gave him the, <laughs> the finished product. Hey, three months is <laughs> so, great. Yeah. I mean, it was just by myself and I went hard. I had no lyrics written and no, um, no, um, structures, but I've been thinking about it pretty much since like I started in like 2012. Yeah, three months so. ago. Like, don't give yourself a hard time over that. Like, seriously, like, I've, I've been, you know, I've been in the position where you're working on projects and like, you can expect three months, like, for somebody to just do the vocals, you know, or yeah. like, and not not like every single aspect of it. So like, three months well, is great. And, like, honestly. Well, and to be fair, uh, lyrics are like my least favorite part of all this. Yeah, and- same. That that hour of music that I wrote prior to this, the side A, um, I had been writing lyrics for like what four months or something like that, and all those lyrics pretty much turned into side A. Before that, I didn't, you know, I didn't have shit, and I still don't have vocals for that new stuff. So if anyone wants to like hook up with me, it's like kind of post punk, post hardcore, you know, angular shit. So if anyone wants to hit me up, that that'd be sweet. Yeah, open the floodgates. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's, it, it, you know, I. what is it about lyrics that um, make it the most difficult for you? Because, like, for me, like, the melodies or the patterns or whatever <laughs> come as naturally as, um, as uh, any of the other instruments. But, like, the... <clears throat> The way that I want to do it is often by making the uh, sounds I'm hearing turn into actual words that fit those sounds. And so that's really difficult. Is your experience similar or is it just like finding the right way that you want to say something? You know, I'll tell you that when I when I set out, like, say, if I like have something that I want to say or something like that and I tried to like put it together, it usually is like a jumbled mess. And it shouldn't be taken how I wanted it to be taken. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's just like, I, I'm not a good writer. I'm not good with grammar. Um, I like to play word games. I mean, I'm a huge fan of like Tim Kinsella and MF Doom. And um, I love how they have that freedom. But I, I, it's hard to, the older I get, the more self-aware I become. So the harder it is to like free myself of that, free myself of the, uh, I don't know, whatever it is, beating yourself up or something, you know? It's, it's really weird because, like, here's, like, here's me in a nutshell is, like, I'm, I'm, I'm writing this song, right? And the, the 
basis, the basic thought in this song is I don't give a fuck what you think, right? So like oh. I'll listen to a million hardcore bands and someone will literally just the words will literally just be like, I don't give a fuck what you think. And I'll be like, hell yes, hell yes, hell yes. <laughs> but then when I go to write that, it's like, nah, it's got to, nah. You got to say it a different <laughs> way, you know? And it, no, I, it's true. <laughs> I'm with you. It's like, why, like, why do you, like, you know, why do some people like myself feel like it's got to sound like more than what it is or, you know, but, um, sure. Yeah. You know, I, I think I like to shoot high and I'm, I'm pretty ambitious and I, and a lot of times I want to feel something. And so, um, a lot of times the, the benefit of music is that you can feel something without the lyrics happening for sure. And, and some, and I can't, like, I try to divorce myself from like, you know, I'm, I, I'm trying to separate all that. And, and and try to put into words like what I'm feeling, but like it never works out that way. And and I mean, I look, I'm not I'm not saying I'm terrible, but like I used to write songs all the time. And and the older I get, the more I think about it. And it's like it's not the responsibility or anything. It's just like I I have faith in the music, but it's I don't have the same faith and I'm not as comfortable, you know, in, in the vocal seat as I used to be, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I so, mean, uh, same thing. I don't. Uh, I think when I was, you know, when I was younger, I used to just, I used to just crank them out. You know, you always hear those stories <laughs> too about like somebody writing the lyrics in the studio, and you're like, yep. I mean, that used to be me, but like, yeah. not anymore. It's like get too fucking cerebral on it, and then you know, it's a uh, like, it, it's just like, um. Why, like, why, uh, why are the vocals still not done for this? Well, because yeah. I can't figure out how to say I don't give a fuck what you think. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and I, I but, think I um, I, I think I like um, I I took a break for like I focused on composition and guitar, and I think all of that space that I had like songwriting ability. I'm not saying it was good, but it was ability. Um kind of got sapped up, I think, with all the other shit <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, like, makes, like, I guess the other parts of, like, new grass possible. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know if that's true or not, but I'm that I'm feeling that way sometimes. <laughs> right. Well, one thing I was thinking about when you said also that, like, you know, when you were talking about how music can make you feel something, like, without the lyrics is, like, you know, I immediately was like, right, so what we're what we could be experiencing is like the desire to make sure that what we contribute is additive and not just like there you know yeah um, well and I, I gotta shout out shushu for that because they 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 he had jamie stewart had some serious substance to a 14 year old or 13 year old uh -huh. um you know, when you get smacked across the face with like a lyric that like Jamie would sing from like knife play or like fabulous muscles or something, mm -hmm. it like you, you feel it in your teenage soul. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like it's, it's, it's wild. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think that was a big effect on me, but like, I love shit. Like, um, like loveless is like one of my favorite records of all time. Um, uh, capsule, like you don't hear goddamn word that they say. I contacted capsule, 
to do like this arrangement thing, um, I had to do like a song breakdown for notation and I used the capsule song and I emailed them for lyrics and they sent it to me and I was like, this shit doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> like, which is fine. Like, look, yeah. they, they, they make me feel more than like, that's probably like, when I saw capsule and heard capsule, I felt like I heard the sex pistols. Like, like it was like the turning point where you're like, I, this is like, like I've, you know, the more music you expose yourself to a lot of times you get kind of numb to a lot of the new experiences that get thrown your way. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, I got, I had friends that had like cable internet. So if, like there's pirating going on. I'd like hit people up and be like, yo, you got this record. And, and, and so I, I would go deep. So it's, you start feeling less the older you get. And then like capsule dropped in my lap and like, 2010 via chug life shout out to chug life uh <laughs> fucking that like blew my world apart <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so yeah for real i mean but like, lyrics yeah lyrics they you know they, they they can be additive for sure yeah i mean yeah it's i i guess that's the i guess that's the struggle too for some people it's like you know to make something additive to make something that um adds like color you know, uh, or, it, you know, and it may, it's perhaps more vivid than it is like sensical or, you know. Sure. Um, yeah. I mean, and whatever gets the feels out, like the point yeah. is, I guess, for a lot of the music I make is like, does it make you feel better? Because if it doesn't, like you're, you know, you're not fix it because like it should make you feel better if, if you're trying to get your pain out, you know. Yeah. Um, and if, you know, and, and it's possible to do it. I just, you know, you got to make sure you're true to yourself and you try to stay as genuine and authentic as you can, whatever that means. So as long as you can find it deep in yourself uh, to like let go and just go with the flow and be um, selective, you can come out with something pretty nifty. And that was my conversation with Lucio Akendo. Thank you so much, Lucio, for taking the time to chat with me. It was really fun going on all these wild tangents. To everyone listening, please stay tuned for later this week when I chat with Adam Brock Cerisi about some of our other favorite records from this year. Until then, take care and do good things. <laughs>